Are you a messy person or a neat person? Have you ever tripped over a pile of yesterday's clothing when getting out of bed in the morning? Does the arrangement of your living room bear a resemblance to your garage? Are you totally oblivious to the cobwebs on your ceiling fans? If you can answer yes to any of these questions, you qualify as messy. But don't take offense. That may be a good thing, at least according to a New York Times article that says messy people are not only more creative than their more fastidious counterparts, but also more likely to break with convention and try new things. There's some good news for you compulsively clean. I mean, orderly people, too. Apparently, you're more likely to be good Samaritans and follow a healthy diet. And good for you. You probably also iron your underpants. But today, I'm talking about us creative types, people who use their cars for the same purpose that many women use their pocketbooks, and whose desks always seem to look like the ceiling just caved in on top of them. We know that clutter allows our minds to race with brazen ideas. We know that vacuuming is an excuse for intellectual laziness. Or at least, I know that now. Before I read the Times, I just thought I was a slob. The article cites an experiment by psychologists at the University of Minnesota who assumed that since order and disorder are both prevalent in nature and culture, each environment conferred advantages for different outcomes. As you might suppose, they thought orderly environments led people toward tradition and convention, and disorderly environments encouraged just the opposite, breaking with formality. They devised three experiments to prove their point. In each one, the subjects were asked to sit in identical rooms, identical except that one was as neat as a pin and the other looked like the aftermath of a frat party. The same problems were presented to the subjects in each experiment, choosing healthy versus junk food snacks, coming up with inventive uses for ping-pong balls, and choosing between a classic fruit smoothie or one that was more exotic. The results of all three experiments showed that those people surrounded by mess overwhelmingly thought outside the box. Now, I would be the first person to question any so-called experiment that bases its findings on ice cube trays made of ping pong balls and blueberry chickpea smoothies, but I do choose to embrace this experiment because it speaks directly to my own personal creative method, which is, well, a very messy house. To wit, my wife and I are both writers. We both love gardening, an activity that turns our kitchen into a working farmhouse. We have three cats, meaning we spend more time emptying litter boxes and wiping up hairballs than polishing the silver. Our offices are forests of manuscripts and mail, printers, cords, computers, and hard drives. 
Both of us would much rather do our writing than vacuum, dust, scrub, sweep, or polish. We lived together for six years before we got married because neither of us wanted to be the wife. We dutifully attempt to clean the house on a regular basis, but like a newly mowed field, it always reverts to its natural woodland state within hours. It's not that I don't love to be in immaculate. Uncluttered places. In fact, I suffered through years of tedious and uncomfortable zazen meditation classes because the sensei's living room was one of the few places that didn't make me sneeze. But to inspire my creativity, I need cats walking on the keyboard, teetering stacks of half-read books, empty coffee cups, an overflowing drawer of dried-out pens. And cobwebs. There's nothing like cobwebs to really get the creative juices flowing. And don't take it from me. Take it from the New York Times. Decluttering will reduce stress, prevent pests, improve health, and encourage well-being. But only mess will set your mind free. I'm Ira Wood, and that's my opinion.